0: Welcome to the Giants of Backlog. Uh, thanks for joining us on our maiden voyage of our podcast. You know, my friends and I got together and we have this ever growing list of backlogs, and we decided might as well turn it into a podcast, make it a game club, and play through it together. So I'm joined by uh, my friend Paul.
1: Hey, everybody. It's me, Paul, avid gamer, <laughs> giant, massive backlog.
0: Right on. And my other friend, John.
2: Hey, what's up? Smaller backlog.
0: <laughs> and and I'm Jay. So the game we chose to be our first game to play through was Bioshock 2 and the Minerva's Den DLC. Um, each week we'll be or every episode we'll be picking a game to play through. And so if you haven't played through Bioshock 2 yet, go ahead and pause the podcast and go play it because there will be a lot of spoilers here. If you don't care about spoilers, then welcome aboard. But if you want to play it and follow along, feel free to do that as
2: well all right now we're gonna bullshit for
1: 20 minutes (laughs) yeah so john did you watch the fight last night no but i looked it up and he
2: got killed in like a minute damn it
1: (laughs) (laughs) but he looked terrible yeah like that's what they said i couldn't believe it when i was watching i'm like wait that's ben aspirin
2: Like, you're supposed to be a professional fighter. What the hell?
1: Yeah, it was just a payday for him. He didn't look like he prepared at all. No. This is going to be
0: a part of the podcast. and people are watching this in the future, you might want to tell them what fight you're talking about.
1: We're talking about the the famous Jake Paul YouTuber. All of our uh, (laughs) 10-year-olds in the audience will know him. He fought ben <laughs> Askren, a former uh, UFC champion. Really funny about this is that
0: John was bragging to us about
1: was my
0: how he off. saw the odds were favored for Jake Paul,
2: and and how it was going to be an easy payday. Yeah, put <laughs> money on Askren, you got first round not KO'd
1: in the first. That's minute. not
2: good. Yeah,
1: <laughs> worse honestly, Robinson fight.
2: I I looked it up today and I saw that that happened. I was kind of hoping that no one would bring it up.
1: <laughs> oh, I was on that shit. I saw First thing Paul brought
0: up when he came <laughs> over this morning. <laughs> yeah. The fight.
2: Uh, what were you doing over Jays, Paul?
1: I just went to get coffee and see Chris.
2: Oh, Am I not allowed somewhere. to get coffee and see Chris? <laughs>
1: you were asleep. Yeah, it was uh, early. That's
2: a good point. That's a good point, but I could have woken up. You, See, we, I'm, I'm adding drama to the podcast. Well, I could have woken up. After,
0: well, we played a couple games of Smash with Paul. But after Paul left, we played that uh, rhythm game on the Mario Party.
2: Yeah, that's a good game.
0: And you know how you win every single time, John? Yeah, Chris won every single time So it might just be that Emily and I are really really Really
2: bad bad. (laughs) We have no rhythm That's a fun game I enjoy that one Although I can see how it would get old pretty quick
0: Yeah Yeah so You guys want to get into it?
2: Yeah we should probably get into it
0: So I think we should start it off with Our hot takes about the game I I can start. My hot take is I think that Bioshock 2 is the best of the series. I liked it more than one and infinite. You got a hot take, John?
2: Yeah, my hot take is I miss when video games, especially story-based video games like Bioshock 2, I miss when they were linear. I loved having the arrow. And just following the arrow around and it forcing the action on me and me never getting lost. I miss that. I really, really miss not like every 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 minute of the game feeling like you're getting a minute of progression. That's
0: interesting. I was gonna I put down a note to specifically ask you what you thought of the giant fucking arrow. Love the, the giant arrow. Stream. Like go it. this
2: way. <laughs> to fucking love it. the story. And not only does it like it doesn't eagle Eagle's view point you to where you have to go, it literally like if you walk past the stairs you have to go up, it doesn't and like the the uh, room you have to go to is still further the same direction. The arrow turns around and says, Nah, you're supposed to go up the stairs. Like it just gently guides you all the way to where you're supposed to go. And honestly, with with how game like today's games are, it was nice to not get lost for an entire story. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Spent an hour doing nothing. Didn't have to worry about that. Oh, what's your hot take?
1: Uh my hot take um is that the story wasn't as good as one or three. Okay.
0: So direct opposition to my hut.
1: (laughs) Very similar to one, Uh, just not as grand.
0: I hear that. Okay, so let's go into uh, the story beats. So the game starts out, and it's New Year's Eve 1958, which is something I maybe they said, but I didn't realize it when I started the game or I forgot about it. But when I looked up the synopsis, I guess I didn't realize that it was New Year's Eve, and I don't know what the significance is of that. But anyway, you're you're a big daddy, and you're you have a little sister, and uh, Sophia Lamb separates you and forces you to shoot yourself, and you, the character, is Delta. So, what what are you guys thinking when that happens?
2: Literally, my first note is the opening scene is sick. I thought it was cool. I mean, I never played 1 or 3, or until this, 2. So this is my only uh, experience with Bioshock, uh, pretty standalone. But knowing nothing about uh, the rapture, knowing nothing about the story, and just seeing the opening scene... I thought it was a cool opening scene, uh, and I was interested on where it would go.
1: Yeah, it gave me flashbacks to the first game um, with Andrew Ryan, the whole a slave chooses a man obeys when you murder him with a golf club.
2: Hey, Against I might Joel. play Bioshock 1.
0: Spoiler <laughs> alert. That's Spoiler a good alert. point, <laughs> <laughs> Paul, and I didn't draw that that parallel there, but... Because it's been probably, I don't know, let's say over a decade since I played Bioshock 1. Last I played it was high school. And I played through it with a friend, and man, like the whole illusion of free will was definitely an uh, underlying theme in that game. And I didn't really draw the connection to that. I was wondering why why is he shooting himself like what power does she have but i guess i forgot in the the first game lays the groundwork for that so that i guess in hindsight plays out a lot better than than my first blush take at it so anyway 10 years later we wake up and we got this guy talking to us in an audio log uh saying that we need to find Eleanor or we will die due to our pair bond. And I don't know if they ever reinforced why. At least I can't remember. What do you guys think about
1: that? It's part of the genetic modification of Big Daddies. When, uh, When they turn people into Big Daddies, they make it so they... To one little sister. Yeah, they bond them with a little sister, and they'll die if they're separated from them. There's actually a lot of audio logs later in the game that kind of talk about that whole process when you're in the uh, Fontaine Futuristics lab.
0: Let's let's do a little tangent here. What do you guys think about the everybody in the city records their own monologues as and leaves them randomly laying all over the place
1: i
2: love <laughs> i <that>. guess I... <laughs>
1: i'm gonna start doing yeah. that in my daily life i
0: i i watched this youtube video uh by this guy named leo vader and he he's a game informer or he used to be a game employer game informer, for former employee and he talks about inner monologues, and he, and he was trying to record one himself. And he, he says, I feel like what I'm recording is more of a reaction to my inner mo- monologue rather than my inner monologue itself. And that's something that I stuck in my head through this whole game is, are we just hearing these these people's thoughts? or, Or is it... I guess I'm having trouble finding the words to describe it is it uh audio log they actually sat down i was like this is a, of importance i want to record this
1: yeah i thought it was a design thing it just kind of took the place of finding a book and having to read a bunch of words on a screen like in a diary 2k just decided to have voice actors record and you can listen to it while you're walking around i actually really liked it compared to picking up a bunch of books and having to spend like 30 seconds reading.
2: Yeah, and I liked how in most of the sections where you do pick up the audio logs, uh, you weren't really bothered. Like, they spaced out where the enemies were, so when you're listening to that audio log, most of the time, you're not being bothered while you're listening to it, while you're walking to the next section. So I thought it was laid out well, too. I really liked it. I thought, because, like, like what you're saying, uh, Paul, like, Going and finding artifacts, or finding books or pages, and having to read all that stuff—I never read that stuff. Yeah. But an audio log, like super easy, very convenient, and they—most of them, for the most part—actually said something that benefited the story. Um, so I liked them. But again, what you said at the beginning, Jay, how do you feel about them just being these inner monologues that are laying all over the city? It's like, huh, never thought about it that way. Like, why are they just laying about all over the city? but right. that that's, that's just a... that was my my point really was as a game design
0: concept, it's awesome it it It's great. I never take the time to sit there and read some shitty document, right mm-hmm. but from uh like immersion world building standpoint. It kinda pulled me out of it because I'd be like, okay, why is this lady recording herself right now? And <laughs> why no, why did she just leave it here in this random bookshelf for me um, or hiding behind or under this frozen ice block for me to for me to find ten years later. But I mean in terms of progressing the story i agree they were great but in terms of staying like in grounded in like reality it kind of pulled me out a bit yeah that's fair so for for the beginning section of this of the story you're in a level right and you're i don't remember what what do you do at the the very beginning of the game
1: i feel like we should back up for a second so oh, shoot you, the game starts you're in rapture this massive metropolis at the bottom of the atlantic ocean and as uh jay said you're walking around with a giant drill for an arm with a little sister and you're attacked and all of a sudden sophia let comes up and you're forced to shoot yourself in the head
0: yeah, that that's fair. I guess if you aren't familiar with the Bioshock series, you don't know what Rapture is, and what a Big Daddy is, and what yeah, a little sister right. is. Um, and it's it's kind of hard to explain without going into great detail and spoiling Bioshock One.
1: Yeah, I, but, I guess all I really wanted to say was you're back in Rapture, an underground. Yeah, city.
0: <laughs> underwater. Yeah, and and let's talk about the setting for, for a minute here. In every Bioshock, or I guess Bioshock 1 and 2, I had kind of a love-hate relationship with Rapture, where I really liked that uh, it's this awesome setting, underwater city that's in ruin, and has gone to shit, and everybody's using drugs, and... And it's just a, a prime example of a dystopia, right? Or a utopia gone wrong. Yeah. And and I really like that. But in the actual games themselves, you never get to see the whole big city. You're very cornered off into specific buildings, rooms. For example, every time you descend into Rapture, you see thousands of skyscrapers and you' there's never a level where you're actually, uh, you know, in a skyscraper <laughs> in this huge setting. It's always tunnel, room, section of rooms, and and the other thing point I wanted to bring up about the setting is it's very oppressive, and it's I think they did a really good job of making. The setting and the environment itself a character where no other game is it just constant, constantly in your face, like the, the environment and the surroundings. And it, I mentioned this to Paul before, but it reminds me of the alien movies where you're, you're kind of isolated and, and it's kind of interesting in space nobody can hear your your screams uh, it's kind of like that because you're at the bottom of the ocean it might as well be outer space
1: yeah mm-hmm. a lot of narrow what corridors guys, what do you guys think of rapture
2: there was at the very beginning there was a a, a, a section or a moment where you first step out and you look over the entire city. And for me, a person who hasn't played Bioshock at all, it was like a powerful moment seeing the scope of the city. So I have it in my notes as like it's a it's a really cool view of, of the full uh, full thing. But I do see what you're saying as playing through the full game, the city or the the environments that you're in are much more in much more enclosed than uh than that view gives you. That's a design choice, going back to
0: your hot take. They decided to section you off to make it a more linear experience, which has pros and cons, but with a in, with a setting sup, such as Rapture, I think they could do something very cool just with that city.
1: The next game is going to be open world.
2: Yeah, I saw that. They're making that, another uh,
1: Bioshock? Yeah, 2K yep. I don't know who's cool. actually making it. Cool. Yeah, so well, I guess
2: we'll be able to compare, you know, if that brings something to Bioshock that was needed or not.
0: And I'm not necessarily asking for it to be open world. I'm just asking, you know, there's hey, this huge. It's
2: 2021. <laughs> it's open world.
0: <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying there's this huge city. And in in the only two games we've had in Rapture, they've they've only explored a small section of it. Which well, I I
2: they, guess leaves they,
0: room for expansion.
2: Technically Definitely. you you did ride the train through like many areas of the city. We don't know. We could've been through the whole city. That's true. That's true.
1: Just not in any of the buildings. Right, exactly.
0: <laughs> so Okay, so going back to the to the plot now, the it opens up, you shoot yourself in the head, you wake up ten years later, you don't know what's going on, and these people start talking to you. And I believe the first section you're just trying to get to uh Sinclair, right? Tenenbaum. Tenenbaum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So what did you guys think about the first section of the game?
1: Yeah, so the first section, you're in this luxury resort. It's like a spa for the rich of rapture. And There's all kinds of intricate like Greek architecture. It's, it's beautiful. There's a pool, and there's a bunch of audio logs that you can find from the employees at the resort. And you get the impression that there's a bit of like a class mismatch in rapture. There's all of the elite people, the scientists, the artists who Andrew Ryan has brought to Rapture to kind of build his utopia. And then there's the like the 90 the percent who are working in these luxury resorts and they're not very happy. And that ends up leading to the downfall of society. John? If I may be completely honest, uh,
2: I don't remember too much from the first section of the game.
0: Where I was, too, is all the sections prior to this first section were extremely memorable to me, Mm -hmm. except for the first one. And I think the the reason for that is each of the other section has a main bad guy that you're trying to get to, right? Mm -hmm. And that has made the subsequent sections stand out more to me than the the first section though i understand the first section has to do that world building and that they've got a it's so-called eat your eat your vegetables before you get to the good part and so i thought the first section was serviceable and you you learn the mechanics and it it was at that point and Full disclosure, I I tried playing this game prior, and I bounced off of it in this first section because I just couldn't power through it because I didn't have any incentive to. There was no goal I was working towards, really, that stood out to me. Now, once I got into the second section, which we'll talk about, it was off to the races there. I, I couldn't stop playing Bioshock 2. So... Let's let's talk about the next section. So you you meet up with Sinclair. You get on the train, right? I'm remembering this right. Yep. And you mm-hmm. you head to uh, Poppers Drop. So, you, John, you wanna talk about Poppers Drop at all?
2: Yeah, I'll start it off. I remember Poppers Drop pretty vividly because it was just such a more exciting. Uh, area than the first area. I remember getting there and there being many levels to it, uh, a lot more enemies. They I think they introduced the the big brute guys in Popper's Drop. Yep. So it was it was a much more exciting uh, section for me. And I agree with you. Once you got into there, the game really took off and was became a lot more fun play. Just they a- have. Did they have, was the
0: amusement park in Popper's Drop?
1: It was before. Um, I was just going to side note yeah. real quick. It's like, it's technically a different level, the amusement park. That's where you meet up with Sinclair, but it's really just like tutorial still. Yeah. Popper's Drop is like the first main area, yeah. I guess. I Another think... side
2: note. <laughs> Another side note. I did the entire amusement park and was about to leave with Sinclair and my game crashed and I had to redo the entire thing again. That was annoying. Yeah. yeah, That one made me want to like... Losing like an hour and a half is is rough. We want to talk about game crashing. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, That same section. And I will concede that. The amusement park, very cool to go through. And it was more world building with uh, their culture and politics down in Rapture where... The amusement park, you could go by, click on buttons, and they would have a little scene play out. I mm-hmm. thought that was really cool. And it was cool to see it all run down and broken in by splicers and, and just the environment, right? That Again, hearkening back to the environment being a constant character and presence in the story. But, yeah, I, <laughs> I was playing through this section, and I intended on going... You know, full good this playthrough, and and so I saved all the l- little sisters, <laughs> and so when you when you go up, you can take down a big daddy and adopt their little sister, and it's a mechanic to help you get Adam, which is a currency you can spend on power ups, right? And and you get less Adam if you save the little sisters, you get more Adam if you harvest them and and kill them, and so. <laughs> I, I played through this section, hour and a half. I, I'm forgetting to save because most games have auto-saves. <laughs> and, and my game crashes, and I lost my entire session. So I'm back an hour and a half. So then I go and I play through it again, again forgetting to save because I'm not in the habit. And I accidentally click the wrong button and harvest a little sister so then i lose my my another hour of progress and at this point (laughs) i'm texting these guys like man this is this is gonna be a chore to play through this a third time but i will say after this section i didn't experience any big crashes or bugs for the most part but yeah good point paul i i did glaze over uh the amusement park but that was a good section i i think especially if you only play through it once.
2: Mm-hmm. But yeah, okay, I back agree. On to, amusement park. First time I played through it. Good. Second play, time I played through it. I was rushing. I was yeah. trying to get, get through.
0: Well, and I was trying to get all the audio logs too. So I like I, I backtracked, through <laughs> tried to find all the ones I found the first time. Mm-hmm. So back onto poppers drop. So you get there with Sinclair, and you're trying to get to this lady, Popper,
2: right? What's her name? Uh, Halloway. 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 Grace Halloway.
0: Grace Halloway.
2: You're trying to get to her.
0: Sinclair is telling you that you know she's in league with Sophia Lamb, who's the lady who, who made you shoot yourself to begin with so the game is trying to push you towards this is a bad person they're trying to hurt us this is you know we need to take her out and what were we retrieving from her office do you guys remember
2: um you needed an override key so that you could get the train going again i think that's what it was Yep. yeah
0: so what did you guys think of fighting your way through, it was like a hotel up to get to her
2: room. So, for me, a lot of the game, so this is another thing where the linearness of the game I liked was you, or linearity of the game, the amount of combat and the amount of action that you experience was forced, you know? You couldn't uh, have too little or too much you had the amount of combat that they intended you to have because every time there was a group of enemies you were walking into that group of enemies and there was nowhere else to go so I liked that I did feel like throughout the game the amount of enemies or at the difficulty of difficulty of taking out the amount of enemies was low I kind of felt like it was a pretty easy game I I played it on hard I only died like I don't know three or four times throughout the entire playthrough and i liked the feel of the hotel like we 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 talked about it before we didn't play through any like sky uh, high rises but i guess the hotel was the uh closest thing we had to it where it was maybe four levels high going up but still without with the whole game i felt like every section of enemies that you faced you were like finally getting into a, a uh, a situation where you're like, "Oh shit, this is getting difficult," and then there, are, there's no more enemies. It's like, "Well, this didn't even get hard yet." <laughs> why, why, why are the enemies all dead? There should be like four or five more. That, that was that's how I felt about uh, most of the enemy sections, most of the fight sections throughout the game.
0: Well, let's let's talk about this for a second. Then you bring up the difficulty of the game and the linearity of it. There's these optional things you can do, which I alluded to earlier, where you take down these big daddies that are walking around and you take their little sister, right? Mm-hmm. And these are completely optional. You you don't have to interact with that at all. You go through with less resources, but you don't have to take down the big daddies.
2: Did, did you guys do all those or did you let some pass by? I did not. I let some pass. I probably killed two thirds of them. Oh. I like. I let's... like had this feeling like I'm a big daddy. They're a big daddy. If I don't need their resources, why should I kill them? They're not hurting me. You know?
0: <laughs> yeah. I hear that. But you know, John, when you take down the three big daddies in each area then the the big sister comes right mm-hmm. and those i thought in general were more difficult than most of the other fights in the game until late game late game they oh were yeah Gatewalk.
2: big sisters in the earlier rounds and it wasn't just every time you took down all three it was every three every three big daddy or every three uh Sisters. little sisters use freed or harvested so like if i did two per round then i was fighting a big sister every other area Gotcha. but yeah i agree those were the only hard fights in the whole game yeah and so paul did you save or
0: or harvest the sisters
1: oh i i saved all of them too adorable did you okay
0: so john did you
2: save or harvest them Oh, yeah, to, to a door. I harvested every single one. <laughs> so And I uh, think that's what gave me the confidence to not need to kill all the big daddies. I was, like, flush with Adam. Well, here's like, ah, we're just gone. Here's the thing, is I saved them all, and I never
0: felt like I was short on Adam. Like, I, I got all the things I wanted, and I was good. And... Even like the health upgrades and the eve upgrades, like I didn't even want those because it it was too easy of a game. I played on normal, but, but to me, it was like, you know, I did them all because I wanted the achievement.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But it felt like I could play through the game just as easily without doing them all.
2: Yeah, like that's the thing. I'm playing on PC and no one cares about Steam achievements. So, I I took out like two of the three big daddies every level, and I was like, I probably have more Adam than if I would have saved the little sister on all three. So I'm just I'm moving on.
1: I don't actually right. think it's that much of a difference between saving and harvesting because for every five little sisters you save. They leave you a gift which has a bunch of Adam. Oh, yeah. So
0: I was going to bring that up as something, John. You probably don't know about because you harvest them all. Is they leave you a little gift that's like a teddy bear, and you get Adam and some special ammo out of it,
1: and some uh, what are they called? Gene tonics. Mm-hmm. So it like speeds up the rate that they gather Adam. Yeah, that, one, that one's called like proud parent. Yeah.
0: So it, it's it's interesting how you played through the whole game and didn't even know that that was. And I like how games do that, where you you make decisions and your decisions matter and have outcomes. Mm-hmm. So, okay, back to Poppers Drop. Uh, you're you're fighting up to this lady. I think we get the spear gun here. What would you guys <laughs> think about the
2: spear gun? worthless, useless <laughs> dumb,
1: <laughs> yeah, I only used it if I was out of ammo on other guns that I liked
0: i I thought it was a it was a completely irrelevant gun, right, but if you walked into a room and there were splicers there that didn't know you were there yet, you could. Take him out in one hit with a headshot with the spear yeah. gun, which I did like.
2: Oh, I did use the uh, explosive harpoons on a big sister once, and I put five of them into him, and just she got shredded by that. <laughs> so that was actually good. There, there was a. Uh... Oh, you
1: got the camera on Poppers done too. Yeah, you did. So, what would you guys think of the camera? I liked so
2: it. So I was talking. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to Paul after. We we both played through the game. I didn't know you could research things more than once. I I researched everything one time and never brought that thing back out. And he's like, You keep getting you keep getting benefits if you keep
1: researching them. I'm like, that's so dumb. I think there's four levels for each enemy type.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can max out the research. I I didn't really like it. And the reason I didn't like it is because It became this mandatory thing that before I shoot something, I have to switch to my camera, take the recording, switch back to my other gun, switch to five different guns to get the highest rating of research. And it it just seemed like an extra unnecessary step where it just kind of got annoying. And I was trying to go for all the achievements we should mention. Paul and I played this on Xbox Series X. Uh, John played it on his PC. So I was going for the Xbox achievement for maxing out the research on on everybody. But just like you, John, I didn't realize mm-hmm. you could research more than once until I looked at the achievements and I saw <laughs> max out research <laughs> on everybody. And by that point, I was far enough in the game where the base splicers weren't spawning anymore. So there was no way for me to get that achievement at that point, which was mm-hmm. sad for me. but. Oh, what do you think about the, the research camera?
1: Uh, well, I liked it because I had a tougher time <laughs> with the game. John's like, I died three or four times. I probably died 30 or 40 times throughout the whole game. <laughs> so I'd turn the camera on and be like, level up. You do 50% more damage. I'd be like, hell yeah. It just made it easier for me.
0: I guess viewing it, yeah, as an optional thing to to help you out isn't that bad, but I guess I viewed it as, in order to optimally play this, I have to record everything before I start shooting it.
2: If I knew there were four levels, I would have four leveled the the big daddies and big sisters for sure.
1: Yeah, I did. I mean, it was an easy quick switch on the wheel.
0: Oh, let's talk about... So you take a little sister from a big daddy and you put it down on a corpse and she sucks the atom out of it. And during this time, you have to protect her and there's like... It's a wave-based horde mode, essentially. Mm -hmm. What'd you guys think about those? For me, I'd set up traps, sit there, Mm -hmm. shoot a couple guys, and it was never very challenging.
2: Same. Especially, like, for a lot of those, too. There's, like, a a turret that you can hack right next to where you need to do it. And then you just sit in the corner and play on your phone until the round's over.
1: <laughs> I thought after I got the decoy uh, plasmid they were so-so and then the decoy plasmid just made them too easy.
0: I know we're talking about gameplay and not the plot right now, but what was your favorite plasmid to use?
1: The electrical incinerate.
0: Really? We all have different ones. Mine was the bees. The what?
1: Instant bees? Form.
0: Yeah, so uh, the bees, once you third ranked it, bees would go into corpses that died from it, and then if anybody walked by that, bees would come out of it. So <laughs> I could just be like three people, and then my bees would do the rest of the work for everybody. I'd just sit there and watch my bees kill everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and then they would... Just, enter that body and the more people walk out it was like a multiplying effect so for me i just beat people and kind of hung out
2: see that was my issue is i never even bought that plasmid because by the time all those plasmid plasmids were available on you know, in the shop in the gene bank i had like you know you have like six plasmids and it's just annoying to scroll through all the uh, through that many i'm like i only use these three i only use incinerate electrobolt and decoy i don't need more and i'm and i'm tired of having to, to scroll eight times to get to them so i just didn't even buy any more.
0: so i guess that is a benefit of the research right is you get more research points based on how many different things you attack them with during that recording yeah. Hmm. So it incentivized you to experiment with different guns and different plasmids to get optimal research, which I guess wow. is a good use of it.
2: Yeah, I, I didn't even know about that.
1: I think depending on your your playstyle, there were better plasmids for some playstyles versus others.
2: Yeah, like for me, for
0: instance, I never, I never used decoy, not once. And then the security bot one, once you 3rd rank that, you could summon a, a security bot anywhere. Oh, that's so nice. So I would be a security bot and just sit there and do nothing. <laughs> Why was Incinerate your favorite?
2: Um, Just because it they de-aggroed when they were on fire. Yeah. So and I was it, just running around the whole game uh, rivet gun headshotting, and I would set them on fire, they'd de-aggro, and i just pop them in the head. Go on to the next one. Oh, I was Bolt your favorite.
1: The crowd control and the extra damage you got to deal if they were electrocuted.
0: Cool. Okay, so back to the story. We've been on Popper's Drop for a while. So you finally make it up to her room, and she opens the door for you. And says, <laughs> here, take, take what you need and whatever, essentially, right? And so... Yeah. I went in there, I chilled for a bit, I took the card, I looked for any audio files that were in there, and then I went on my merry way. And what's interesting, John, I know you killed her, so <laughs> what's interesting is after that, she she radios to you and says, like, she was completely wrong. And Sophia Lam is, was lying to her, and she realizes that now, and actually in the next area, she gives you some resources for letting her live. What
1: the heck? She warns you about the ambush, and then doesn't she summon security drones?
0: Yeah, she gives you security drones
2: so you can leave that area more easily.
1: Man, you guys went
2: peacekeeper path. I went full destruction path. I told Jay this already, but I haven't said this. told you this uh, Paul. I walked into that room, and before like I forget who's talking to you, Sinclair is like, you can kill her or let her live I, as soon as I walked into that room I shotgunned her in the face <laughs> and she's laying on the ground, and the game was not prepared for me to kill her so fast, so <laughs> she still said her audio bit she still said her, her line even though I killed her she's on the ground I was like is she still alive I put another shot into
1: her Jeez.
2: like killed her too
0: fast I, I love this because there wasn't even a thought that entered your head like oh maybe I should not kill her it was just instant too Enough. fast for
2: the game to register like yeah. oh she's dead obviously the game is it's like is like built so like with the expectation that you stand there you think about it for a second she says her line, but I killed her so fast her line came out when she was dead on the ground <laughs> yeah oops, and apparently she helps you later so that sucks sorry right. I still beat the game though so
0: so Paul you saved her right yep did you have any thought like maybe I should just kill her?
1: Uh, I really tried to get into the role-playing with this, and I thought about how Delta would feel, and I thought that letting her live was the right thing to do, because she was like a mother figure to Eleanor, right? Yeah, that's true. And then, like, she's like, oh, you took Eleanor from me, isn't that the whole thing?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. We kind of glossed over what she was saying to us the whole time.
1: She Mm -hmm. was like a leader in the community, too. Like drop is like this poor area. It's like working class. It's like a squatter town, a popper. And you could tell that
0: she was uh she was fed misinformation by yeah, Sophia could. Lamb. So, yeah, I guess that after that moral quandary, for some of us, not so much for other of us. Uh, <laughs> we head back to the train and we go on to the next section which is Siren Alley?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so Siren's Alley is a red light district. So it's home of uh, prostitutes and other lowlifes. But ironically, it's where, like, the Church of Rapture is, and it's run by Father Simon Wales.
0: Yeah, so so in this section, uh, not a whole lot stands out to me. It was a change of scenery, but... In terms of the actual areas you're going through, it just, it was cool that they had that juxtaposition from the the church and the red light district being in the same spot. But, and I'll digress here a bit, this is my problem with, with Bioshock as a series, is a lot of the time, they're very tongue-in-cheek. They're like, yeah, Maybe this is just me, but as I'm playing through, I hear in my head the developer saying, Ah, you see what we did here? Isn't that profound?
2: <laughs> and it's
0: like very, maybe it's just me. But it's, it, it seems very like it's trying to be more deep than it actually is. And that was my main criticism with Bioshock 1. Is it ended as like, oh, don't you get it? the big twist and i'm like yeah okay i get it like it's it's not that profound but but i don't know john what do you think about this area
2: um i think it's fine again i don't it's not very memorable for me siren alley i'm literally trying to look up currently trying to look up pictures of it on the internet trying to remember what it even looks like there's like uh, these bright alleys with these two story buildings. There were some bars. Yeah, and that's why I see it's like got all the red carpet and yeah and whatnot. But I mean I remember the final boss fight, but again, this area for me wasn't all that memorable. Yeah. Well let's Paul, do you have more to say about it or should we jump to the most memorable
0: part, in my opinion, was the boss fight.
1: No, nah, let's jump to the boss fight.
0: So you go into the church, you're fighting Father Wales, right? And he's he's the spider splicer boss, essentially. And the spider splicers are these guys, they're pretty annoying, they crawl on the ceiling, they throw hooks at you. And the boss fight, I thought was pretty cool, because, I mean, I, I tackled this boss fight like I did the rest of them, where I just had a bunch of bots, I used my bees, and and I didn't really do much. But it was cool he was crawling around all over the ceiling and his dialogue lines were were interesting in that he was a, like the head of the church down there, right? But he'd been splicing, so it's, it's the typical uh, Bioshock, you know, slant on it in my opinion, but maybe that's a negative way to look at it. John, what did you think of the boss fight?
2: Yeah, I agree. I thought it was uh, fun. I liked his mechanics. But just like every other boss fight, it was. They didn't really push you to use different mechanics that you had. So it was just fire or incinerate, shoot them in the head with rivet gun. So they had
0: a bunch of other uh, enemies show up, right? And they were the ones that were sitting in the pews. Mm
2: -hmm. But
0: some of them were alive, some weren't. Paul, what, what did you think about the boss fight?
1: Uh I thought this boss fight was uh one of the more forgettable boss fights honestly. He was right. just like a brand another spider spl- splicer with, with more health
0: That's fair. So so anyway, you beat him, right? And you you go into the back area there and what was the objective here? I just remember that the area started flooding. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: it was to you had to turn the pump station on, right? So you could access the next area.
0: So this is a character that you didn't get the choice to kill; it forced you to kill him. And th- at this fight, and at the fight with Sinclair later on, I kind of felt that they were taking the easy way out. Where it, it seems strange that they offered us the option mm-hmm. at all the other characters in the game, but these ones, you had no choice; you you had to kill them. There was no other path. So it it comes down, I guess, to that illusion of free will again, but at the same time is is it is it really as meaningful for the other choices when it takes the choice away from you at at these other main characters. But anyway, you you head on to the pool section. The the guy's name is Pool, but it's Dionysus Park.
1: Yeah, that's correct.
0: So at this point in the game, I was like, I got to be close to the end of it. I yeah. made it to Dionysus Park. This be the end, but <laughs> I was very wrong.
2: Um, yeah, you 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 were you asked me, you're like, so I'm at Dionysus Park, I got to be close, right? Like, I think you're like 60%, maybe.
1: <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Yeah, so John, and this one, you had to deal with all three little sisters you were forced to and honestly that was one of my least favorite parts of the game
2: because it was a part and at this point i was like addicted to the air to the arrow i was in love with just following this thing around playing the the story just chilling and then it's like you have to harvest all three little sisters here and then i'm like looking for the arrow but there's no arrow i'm like you're telling me i just got to walk around this place so i find three big daddies now it's like this is exactly what i what i was excited to not do when playing this game
1: yeah. fortunately
2: enough it wasn't like too big of a deal because no sections that big but
1: yeah it was a quick it, area they
2: did show where the little sisters were on the map if you open that up oh
0: yeah.
1: that's what i was saying
0: nope never open that up <laughs> 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 yeah, that's also in that backspace. I didn't find it till like, the very last chapter of the game, but you could see, like, how far your research has had progressed. And it's interesting yeah. that they never pointed you towards that stuff. You could play through the whole game with never even seeing those menus. Yeah, I never saw them. Yeah. So what did you think of Dionysus Park? Um, I liked
2: Dionysus Park's design. I liked uh, the statues. I liked the darkness of it. Oh, I thought it was a cool area to be in, at, at least.
1: Yeah, I thought there were a lot of good audio diaries in this area. There's, there's one from a kid who had a, like, a crush on a little sister, and he left her a present. And you could use your hack tool to get in there and steal the present. And then you found another one that I remember is uh, this guy, Mark Meltzer. You find his audio log. He's this guy from the surface who's daughter was kidnapped and turned into a little sister and he's mm-hmm. gotten on a submarine to Rapture and he's looking for her this is what this audio log talks about.
2: Yeah, I like that that story too, because it's like a little sub story and he had like three audio logs that like explained what what happened to him looking for her and him yeah. eventually finding his daughter and her being a a little sister and them turning him into a big daddy at the end. Yep. So I thought that was cool. If they had like a little subplot in the audio logs in that area.
1: Yeah, that's one of my favorite things about the game. All the little stories that you can find throughout all these areas. I, oh, I usually what? don't look at look for collectibles like you, John, but I, I was trying to find more throughout mm-hmm. this game.
0: Well, let's not beat around the bush here. The Bioshock series is like a master class in how to make a game with no characters, only voices and environments. Right? Yeah. It's yeah. it's it's top of the tier in environmental storytelling. You walk into a room and you think, Holy shit, what happened here? And then you do the looking around, find the autologs, audio logs and and look at what's written in blood on the wall and piece it together, right? And and I I will commend this game for that, is they, they have that Loop down. hmm What do you guys think about the hack tool and the hacking mini game?
1: I hacked everything. Same.
0: Me too. Here's the thing though. It's I easy. I got annoyed with it. I was like I did too. Fuck I have to hack this again and then if it was like late at night I was tired, I would fuck up and then bots would attack <laughs> me. And I'd wait <laughs> to health kits, I'd have to go buy health kits. And it's just like like it seemed like after a while it was unnecessary and something i liked in minerva's den which i'll allude to here is they let you in the main game they they in the later parts they still cautioned off how many auto hack darts you could buy mm-hmm. which would have resolved this issue because you do it a lot in the early game it's still fun to you and then you unlock the auto hack darts and then you don't have to do it anymore right Right. they still said, oh, you can only buy one at some of these, and that made you need to use them more sparingly, which meant you have to
2: interact with the shitty minigame more. Yep. Yeah, and like there's all these gene tonics for making it easier. Like, Gene tonics slow the thing down so that it's easier to complete the minigame. I'm like, I don't want this minigame to take longer. I'm never buying that gene tonic.
0: I equipped all (laughs) those I just did not want to get those wrong and deal with getting damaged or having the bots after me yeah I hear that because yeah that is annoying And you hit the red
2: spot and then you have bots on you for 35 seconds and it's like well this sucks yeah or if you get it right the next time the bots get called off. Right, so true.
0: I would panic, try to get it right, and then get it wrong four more times, use all my health kits, and then give up on cracking the safe. <laughs> you <know>?
1: so, yeah. <laughs> I'll come back later. Hacking the robots, the security bots, was so easy. You only had to get one on some of them and on the heart like the more powerful ones, only two. So yeah, the for of most of just one. I would just run in and just jump at them and press X and hack them. And they'd be yeah. on my side.
0: Yep. Is, is this the area where they have the ice room? Or is that the next area?
1: Uh, I don't remember if that was here or the next area, but I know what you're talking about.
0: That that part annoyed me, too, is because I used all my, all my Eve melting ice chunks to get ammo i didn't
1: need to and but did you find schrodinger's cat i did that was a nice easter egg but
0: there was this cat underneath this chunk of ice where if you melted it you and you put your reticule on it 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 was named schrodinger so that was a a funny easter egg
1: yeah, I didn't know about that, but that was funny. And then if you hit him with your weapon, uh, he would bleed. Let
0: Let's talk about that. Why were there so many dead cats in this game? I don't know. They're hidden all over the place. Like it feels like they made a a model for a cat and didn't want it to go to waste, so they just put dead cats everywhere. But,
2: yeah. And they all they all names too. Did you find the? <laughs> I don't know if
0: you stepped away for a minute, but did you find the one that was named Schrodinger? No, I didn't. There's one underneath an ice block. You had to melt to get to get it, but yeah, and it was it was kind of funny to melee the frozen people, and they just go poof, <laughs> and disappear, and their hat falls to the ground or whatever. So it it was it was a little funny. So anyway, this section. The boss is just get all the little sisters, right? And then once yep. you get all the little sisters, pool, you get the option to kill Poole. But what was, was interesting about this time around is the little sisters gave you a little memory that Eleanor was giving to you of all the bad things that Poole did. So after seeing all these memories, I was thinking, I need to kill this guy. I was almost turned to the point of killing a character in the game when I wanted to go full pacifist. Mm-hmm. But by the time I got to him, I i was up until the second of walking into that door, I thought I was going to kill him. And then at the last second, I thought, you know, i I would think that Delta would rather be more forgiving, even though Eleanor is telling you that this guy's a shitty guy. I don't. I didn't think that the Delta I was playing would have killed him, so I let him live. Paul, did you have any thoughts about that?
1: Yeah, I, I would have. I also wanted to kill him, and the only reason I didn't was my my pacifist run. But I I really wanted to, and I when I was thinking through it, I was like, if I was Delta, I'd I'd kill this guy. If I was playing that role, but they did I a good to.
0: job of making you hate him. I think. With yep. the flashbacks. And John, you just killed him and didn't look back, huh? Well,
1: no, I didn't. Up. I
0: didn't kill pool.
2: You didn't kill pool? <laughs> nah, no, I'm just kidding. I killed him. <laughs> my Delta, my Delta, as uh, Saint Clair said, when you had the first little sister, it's it's kill or be killed. <laughs> so I I I was uh, my Delta was a little different than your guys' Delta. My Delta was just trying to get out. Your delta yeah. was yep. Terminator. My delta was the Terminator. What's messing? And pool was terminated.
0: I know that we, we briefly mentioned the drill. So we didn't really talk about the drill. In the first game, you're given a wrench. And that's your melee weapon. What did you guys think
1: about the drill? I love the drill. It was my main weapon that I used. <laughs> Later in the game, you get a perk that's like Drill Master, where you can only use the drill... The hacking tool and the camera. When you have that perk equipped, but
0: it, it doesn't it make your, your plasmids. it's more powerful, and your yeah. drill.
1: It reduces the amount of Eve you use when you cast plasmids. So, like my playstyle was like I'd zap somebody, and then I'd go bonk them with my drill. <laughs> and it would do. It would almost. It would basically one hit the weaker enemies, and anybody else would it would only take except for, like, big daddies and really tough enemies. It would only take, like, two or three hits. And then Two I'd or just... three hits on the big daddies? Any enemy besides the big daddies and little sisters, oh. I just drill them, though, and they die really fast. And if you have the freezing drill perk, they, like, turn into ice, and you can just drill them even faster, and they can't attack you.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I barely use the drill perk. Uh... In my playthrough. I think as soon as I got the rivet gun, I never used the drill again. But then in Minerva's Den I started using the drill a lot more. And the drill I, I found out the drill was, was a really good good weapon, especially with the drill rush. Like that that thing was just that thing was just nuts.
1: It has the highest base damage in the game. Hmm.
2: Oh so we
0: leave this area whether you killed pool or not, and you head on to the scientist area with Gil Alexander, and you do a quick uh, walk outside, right? And you, you go in, and for some reason you have to find three plants and put the plants into the machine. What do you guys think about this, the find three plants objective?
2: Yeah, I thought it was kind of... I, I don't think it was well fleshed out. I don't think it was well explained. Said, you need the plants because they have Adam in them and uh, they'll they'll get Gil to come out. But Gil was in that tank. Bef- where could he hide, you know? And other than that as well, is like you have all this Adam on you. Why do you need plants with Adam anyway? You know? So... The finding the plants part just was like eh pretty I, meh. I see what they're
0: doing where like you had a you had a boss fight, then you had a, you fight your way up through levels of a building, then you have, you know, another boss fight, and then you have to track down the little sisters, and then you track down the plants. So they're trying to switch up your objectives so it's not just a boss run mm-hmm. level boss, level boss, and I can see how that would get stale. But I gotta think there's a better and more fleshed out way than go grab these plants, you know?
2: Right. Yeah. Put them in the machine to to, and that was the thing. Like they said, yeah, put them in the machine, and that'll get uh Gil Gil out or get him to expose himself or something, right? But he's in that tank whether there's plants in there or not. Like, what's it matter if there's plants? What that? What? What, what did that do? Yeah. We We should preface this with the you're
0: getting these audio logs from this scientist and it's just a normal guy in the picture and then when you finally meet him he's this giant thing in a tank right a monster essentially and his audio logs are saying that he's too far gone and he wants you to to kill him right and with the understanding that these audio logs were taken before he turned into a monster. And now that he's a monster, he's about preserving himself, so he obviously doesn't want you to kill him. But he's the mastermind in what the atom source of Rapture or whatever. Paul, what did you think about this section?
1: Uh, this section was cool. I was trying to remember if you visit this lab in the first game. Because it's this been is so long. Yeah, so this is Fontaine Futuristics, and if you remember, I think Frank Fontaine is the, really the, the real bad guy yeah. of the first game. So there's a lot of interesting uh, stuff to find in this level. I agree, the, the plants were dumb. They could have probably thought of something better for you to do. Even if it was just another fetch quest, something that was more in tune with like the lore of the game, right?
0: Yeah, so so you, you do all this, uh, the guy's trying to protect himself. So he sends a bunch of bad guys at you, including big daddies, in this fight at the end of it. And you, you beat everyone, and you get the choice. And I'll say once again, this fight for me was just using my bees and sitting there watching everybody freak out as they are attacked by bees. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you get the option at the end. It's just to press up button to kill this monster or not and the audio logs he was encouraging you to kill him right and this this was another and and they did a good job with this i think is to try to you go into the game thinking you're going to play one way and then try to challenge your what you want to do where this was another one where i was conflicted like should i should i just press the button and end this thing? Or should I leave and, and let it
2: live on? Yeah, I'm interested in what you guys did in this one. Obviously, like, I've been killing everything. So I killed him, especially when not uh, not Eve-filled or Adam-filled or whatever. Not uh monster version of him telling me, kill the monster version of me, you know? So... Obviously, I did, but I'm interested to see what you guys did on did did on this part. Let him live.
0: My thinking was Delta would be about forgiveness, and Delta's getting out of there anyway, so I didn't know if he'd necessarily care about this guy's request. So I let him live, and of course, I was also going for that achievement of let everybody live too. So,
2: oh, this achievement
0: my, colored my perception as well. I see. I will say. John, it's a secret achievement, so I didn't know that oh, really? it was one. Hmm. Like, yeah, I I let it live, and then as soon as I left this area, oh, achievement for it's called Savior. It's like, don't kill pool that lady, Holloway or, or... Halloway, or Gail, Gil, mm-hmm. and rescue all the little sisters. Oh, that. wow. And I know. Not to bury the lead, but Paul made a different choice, so he didn't get this achievement.
1: Yeah, I fried him.
0: <laughs> so I'm curious, what happens when you press the button?
2: The tank gets electrified and goes red, and you can just watch it as he... Screams. Yeah, and he screams. You watch him as he, like, his, his I don't know, body or whatever it is that's inside there, like, slowly shrinks toward the bottom of the uh, of the tank. Why did you make the choice to kill him after you saved
0: everything else?
1: Uh, because I just thought it was like a, it's like a merciful act. Gotcha. Like saving grace and not killing pools are all like merciful acts. So it just kind of fit what I was going for.
0: Yeah. So we leave this area and we go to the next area, which is a prison, if I'm not wrong. You're right. correct. So it's a prison, and you go through it. A lot of people are talking to you on the audio log, and essentially this was a part that I really didn't like, is you're forced to kill your buddy, Sinclair, who's been with you the whole time.
1: Because What do you guys just...
0: think about this section of the game?
1: Yeah, and it's because... Oh, how, did, how was Lamb able to control him? Did she turn him into a big daddy? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I hated it. Like, I kept waiting for there to be some kind of optional objective that you could do in order to free him of her control and save him. And I was just running around the level, like, looking, because I'm like, I don't want to kill Sinclair. He's my boy. And then eventually... <laughs> I was just like, well, if there's a way to save him, I I don't know what it is. So uh, I just killed him. I will say
0: this is the one part, Paul, where I, I looked it up online because I scoured the whole level. I spent way too much time in <laughs> trying to find an alternative. And then finally I looked it up and they're like, nope, no, you got no way around it.
1: Yeah, I looked it up after. I was curious. And, Interesting.
0: And Yeah.
2: Yeah, I did not have nearly as much trouble. I think <laughs> having a uh, fully anti pacifist runhead part of it, but also throughout the entire game, they did a good job setting up or they had that doubt in the back of your mind. Is Sinclair really on your side or is this just something else that he's doing for money? Because they established him as... A character that will do anything for money. So I never had the feeling that Sinclair was my best friend. I always just, he was helping me, but that he had an ulterior motive. So having to put him down eventually, I didn't really have as much
1: remorse, I guess, as you guys did. Honestly, that's how I felt too about him. Like he really was just out for his own self-interest and he encouraged you to play that way by harvesting Mm -hmm. the little sisters and kill or be killed. That's
0: true. What do you guys think about going around jail cells and seeing people curled up but not attacking you, just just hanging out, other people hanging themselves in their cell and the audio logs in there?
1: It was messed up.
0: <laughs>
2: uh I don't know. I I I shot all the people who weren't attacking me too. <laughs> <laughs> Okay.
0: So so we we are forced and this is another thing where the game likes to and the game likes to preach like, oh he, here's all this choices. Do you want to be a good guy or a bad guy, right? And then they take away your choice at this pivotal moment. Which I thought was a little jarring.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like mm-hmm. like I said, I really was just waiting for something to come up where I could save Sinclair.
0: Right. So, then you go on to the finale of the game, right? You finally make it to Eleanor. She's asleep in a big holding tank, right? Her room. Um, And her room was pretty interesting to me once you get in there. And you you fight a couple big sisters. And then what happened?
1: Which was the funnest fight of the whole game. Lamb comes in and stops eleanor's heart
0: that's yeah and that kills you because you're pair bond right
1: yep
0: but let's let's pause for a second john what makes you call this the most fun fight in the game
2: at this point you're you're really strong but having to fight two big sisters at once was the most fun fight in the game because it was the most difficult decoy baby
1: you have yeah. to use your skills you, you've acquired up to then. I guess right? the rivet gun doesn't do shit to the big sisters though.
2: Oh, it fucking sucks against it's big sisters. real
1: fucking wreck shit.
2: But against big sisters and big daddies for the most part I'd get out the machine gun and use the anti the armor armor yeah.
0: piercing rounds yeah. Armor piercing on the machine gun was a go to
1: Yeah, those. The different ammo types was great. That was a big improvement from Bioshock 1, I thought. And interestingly, I don't think Infinite had different ammo types for the weapons. Really? <laughs> I don't know why they took that away. Pretty sure. So, um, yeah.
0: So she stabs Eleanor, and you go down, and you're thinking, oh, this is the end. She and smothers
1: then, her with a pillow. Yeah,
2: with a pillow.
0: Oh, does she?
1: <laughs> yeah. It's brutal. <laughs> and.
0: And you're helpless, right? You have to watch from behind the the glass. And so. Your
1: heart is pounding until it stops. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Just real quick the the only thing separating you from, I assume, a ton of pressure from the ocean is glass. And you can shoot a spear, like, probably six inches into the glass, like, 10 of them. (laughs) <laughs> it's just funny to me that it, uh, it's indestructible. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you wake up on a bed, and you hear Eleanor. And this was a section of the game that I really was not expecting, where you, you become a little sister.
1: Yeah, you control one. I thought this part was really Eleanor. cool. I thought I like it was seeing...
0: very interesting, exactly. Seeing what how they view the world right
1: Mm
0: -hmm. and it's it's very different than how rapture is and they do that stark contrast when you're gathering from the corpses as a little sister but uh, again this was a this was an area and i was trying to 100 percent this game find all the secrets so walking around as a, a little sister with nothing attacking you was It was kind of a breath of fresh air, but at the same time, it's like... I found myself wishing that section was
2: shorter. Yeah, I mean, if you didn't look for anything, and you just ran through it, like Guy did, it was pretty short.
1: (laughs) It was pretty short. I just wish there would have been more to do other than just go up to... Like, the enemies didn't attack you. You just run up to two corpses and extract the atom from them.
0: And you get the... The Big sister armor. Big sister
2: suit, yeah.
0: So so then, I mean, it, it is interesting. You're walking right behind Sophia Lam as she's giving these announcements over the PA that you've been hearing all game. You'd see her sitting there making an announcement. And it was it was cool to see that perspective. But you get the armor and you go... Give it to Eleanor, and Eleanor becomes a big sister. And I was pretty hyped at this point. Like, you get to team up finally and take people out. What would you guys think about this section of her becoming a big sister? How did she survive, by the way?
2: Was that explained? I think they just said something like they restarted her her
1: heart after the bond was broken. Yeah, I think... I think they just resuscitated her immediately after i don't think they ever explicitly said what'd you think
0: about the culmination you're teamed up with eleanor you're a a big sister and a big daddy going around messing splicers up
2: cool
1: i liked it fantasy
2: it was enjoyable there was no trouble
1: just running through stuff summon her and it was so easy
0: You you go through and there's all these little sisters in nurseries and you're freeing them, right? And (laughs) I say freeing with quotation marks because (laughs) she specifically says, and it's a little break the fourth wall, but she says, I'm going to free these little sisters the same way you showed me how to, right? Which I'm assuming (laughs) for
2: John's playthrough, she killed them all. It's kind (laughs) of disturbing. You're like outside of the area and you're like looking into like that area where they're all there's just a bunch of little sisters in their beds and she's just going bed by bed just killing each one it's like oh, oh it i taught you that play through yeah, so <laughs> she freed them all so i'm curious because <laughs> we
0: freed them and then they helped us melt the thing that would let us return to the surface what do really? they do when you kill them all what like what's the purpose
2: the purpose for freeing them was to have them help us i had to go to like a reactor room and melt the and like turn the what do you call it the ac off or whatever but you guys just had it done. oh am i doesn't Hold she on.
1: walk into the like the pool of water
2: oh yeah she walks into there and she just Marks by herself, right? herself yeah yeah you're right she melts it all herself oh yeah, for us, it's her and, like, a bunch of little sisters
0: melting it together.
2: Gotcha. Now she as has all we, their power, so she just does it all herself.
0: As we horde mode defender, essentially. Mm-hmm. So so that's fine. Um, we melt the thing, and we're finally going to get out of the rapture and escape, right? And you're walking down the hallway, and there's a big explosion and you're not sure if Eleanor makes it or not. Right. And mm-hmm. so this is the point where Paul and I got a different cutscene than you, John. In our cutscene, uh, Sophia Lamb is drowning inside the elevator. Mm-hmm. And Eleanor swims up to her and gives her an oxygen mask and lets her live. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and in then... my cutscene, yeah, Sophia Lamb is drowning in the elevator. And she's swimming to, like, an air bubble at the top. And Eleanor grabs her leg and pulls her back down. Stark contrast, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And then we get up to the
0: the surface. And in our cutscene, we're dying. And Eleanor uses the syringe thing and takes from us. And she says, you know, even though you're dying... I'm going to carry you with me wherever I go as as we start a new life for me and all the little sisters on the surface.
1: Yeah, she says that you will be her conscious. Right. Wow, I'm surprised.
2: Because in my cutscene, I'm dying, and she takes my atom and goes, you'll always be with me, and runs away. But I assumed on your guys' cutscene, you'd live. Yeah, to wreak havoc on the world, like to always look out for myself and be be whatever it puts me the furthest ahead and stuff like that you know she's about to to go crazy on the world but i'm surprised that you guys died i thought that she would save you at the end i
1: look up all the endings
0: yeah so another thing we should say is she there's a little sister that drops a doll the big daddy into the water for us and then it's like a bright sunny day and there's a, a beautiful sunrise or sunset and oh. all the little sisters are there like smiling and you die right but <laughs> i looked up the endings as well paul and in john's like they drop the big daddy stuffed animal into the water and all the corpses float up right float up
1: <laughs>
2: yeah
0: this is very different in.
1: It's interesting that she harvests you in both the good and the bad ending, though. That's
0: what I'm saying.
1: for all well, the reasons. I,
0: so, uh, John, I, when I looked it up, there's four different endings. So what? there's two endings, both evil and good, where you survive. Huh. How do you get those? It's based on a choice you make. Right,
1: do you remember what choice it was, Paul? I thought you die in all of the endings.
0: Oh, there's one where you survive. Two of them. And it's, it might be the in-between ending where you save and harvest, but essentially it's just a coloring of the other two endings except for she helps you up.
2: and
1: Gotcha. It all, t- it's all based it's, on what you did with Little Sisters and what you did with the, the bosses and neutral characters.
0: It's a little bit, I thought, when I watched the cutscenes of all of them, I thought that the one where you live is worse than the ones where you die because it 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 just is more resolved. When you die and she says, Oh, I'll take you with me, you'll be my conscious. When you live it's
2: it doesn't wrap up as well. Like what are you supposed to do? You're a big daddy now.
1: (laughs) You're still a big daddy, what the hell are you gonna do? Big daddy all you can say is So that's that's the
0: whole game. I guess now's the... Did we not touch on anything you guys want to touch on if you're looking at your notes? I'll talk about another bug I got where <laughs> it, it would play like the same 10 seconds of violin that just kept building on itself over and over and over again. And it got so annoying I had to reset my my console to get it to stop (laughs) it was awful because it's like nothing's happening i'm walking around and like this intense violin loop is playing
2: i did think that was some funny stuff like in the game where you would like i said like the fights weren't long enough so like there'd be this intense musical section where the music is just like like this is a big fight and then you kill everyone, and the music goes for another minute. You're like, hey, everyone's been dead. Like, why are you still going? Yeah,
0: it was a little bit off with that. I, I wanted to ask you guys how you f- feel about... I know, John, you kind of crit-pathed this game. But for me, I, would, I spent hours and hours searching for those collectibles. Uh-huh. And it got really annoying to me, because every time I walked out of a room and then back into a room, there'd be another couple splicers there. Just Mm -hmm. like they would respawn so fast. Like as soon as I left and turned my head the other way, they'd be back there. And it just got annoying just trying to find everything and always having to, uh, I already cleared this room. Why is there somebody that's spawning in this room with no other entrances to it? You know? Yeah. Any thoughts on that, Paul?
1: I kind of like that they respawned, just because late in the game it was ammo and money bags. Yeah, free ammo, I guess.
0: Did you experience that at all, John? Or not really?
2: I did, but not too much. Not to your extent at all, where I was leaving a room and then turning around and there would be splicers there, but... Definitely, like, when you go to, like, a dead-end hallway and then you come back through and there's splicers in the room that you were just in a couple minutes ago. Like, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But I didn't really have any, like... It didn't happen to me so much where I had any reservations about it.
1: It's kind of funny because there's only, like, four or five voices for the random splicers. It's, like, two guys Ooh. and two chicks. Like,
0: I already killed this guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... There was another bug I had where I found an audio log and it repeated and played over itself. And then this other separate bug where it ended and then start, started again from the beginning. So I had to listen to it twice. Hmm. What did you guys think about the combination answers being a sticky note right by the
2: combination when you open up the combo? Hated that. Or not hated it, but I thought it was too... There's a sec- even there's a section in Minerva's Den which I, it really uh, it played out for me was like there was an audio log and next audio log was a code lock. And in the audio log, it's like there's going to be – I won't say the code here, but go look at the bookshelf at the groups of books and the code is obvious. So I went over to the bookshelf. I figured out the code uh, because it was obvious and I was going to go plug it into the, uh, to the code lock and I'm literally thinking to myself – I hope it's not, I hope the code isn't just in a stick on a sticky note next to it because this is such an easy puzzle. Like people should be able to do this, you know, but yeah. then it, it was, it was there. I'm like, so you don't even have to like try, you just click on any code and it, it gives it to you, which I mean, I guess some people don't you know, have the patience to figure it out, but
1: you to walk over by the bookshelf or it wouldn't show up. Oh, really? Yeah.
2: Okay. At least there's that.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, I feel like it's baby babyifying. That's a adjective to it, yeah. I've heard they, that. They one. aren't. They aren't brainbusters. Like right. you can find them. Like the the one in the main game where you look through a hole in the wall and the numbers written in blood, yep. and then to get back to that section, you just have to put in that number. But it tells you the number because you looked through that hole. It's mm-hmm. just like. It takes away the connecting the dots, which I thought, I mean, ease of access, it was fine, but it wasn't very satisfying to enter those rooms. You didn't feel like you figured something out. You're just like, oh, no. Nope. I hit the right trigger.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: So I want to bring up again my hot take at the beginning that I think this is the best game in the series is, you know, even with all these bugs and these crashes and everything, I thought the first game, which is the one everybody says is the best, was, like I said, too tongue-in-cheek, too pretentious, like, oh, you get it, right? Would you kindly, you know? And this Mm -hmm. one I thought was more nuanced than the first or the third one in its presentation and story. And as John was saying... It did a good job of keeping you in the action. I realized some of my nit nitpicks were about, you know, were solely to me when I wanted to find all the audio logs and wanted to get all the achievements. I I brought some of that stuff on myself, some of the that issue. But I feel like if I would have just ran through the critical path, it this was a fun game from beginning to end.
2: Yeah, that's where I am for sure. Like, if you just follow the arrow from the beginning of the game to the end of the game, very enjoyable. I had few complaints.
0: So, all in all, I thought it was a good pick. I thought it was worthwhile. I'm happy that I finally played through it and beat it. I don't mm-hmm. feel like I wasted my time. And I thought that all in all, pound for pound, even it being an old game and those, some of those bugs, should be inexcusable on a remastered version on the next-gen console. It was still pound-for-pound pound
2: worthwhile. Oh, that's interesting. Actually, you pl- you and Paul played it on the 1X, right? The Series X, yeah. Series X, oh, okay. But still, like, when did the remaster come out?
0: <laughs> oh, it came out a couple of years ago, two or three. Okay. And...
2: But yeah, still for me like my biggest complaint is probably the autosave system. Yeah. Cuz it has an autosave system and that's where it kind of like messed me up was it has an autosave system but only autosaves in between each area, which is it only autosaves every like hour and a half to 2 hours of gameplay. So the save system, like if you're going to manually save, it's very fast, doesn't like not like not too big of a deal if you have to save yourself but because it has an auto save system at the beginning of the game i was like oh this game auto saves i'm not gonna need to worry about saving and the first day i was playing it i was about to like do the last thing i was gonna do for the day and log off game crashed i'm like ah whatever went to bed got on the next day And I was an hour and a half back from where I was the day before. So it's like, it has an autosave system, but it doesn't save as much as you would think it would for a game that was remastered only a couple years ago, you know? Right. Yeah, you'd think that would be pretty base-level
0: autosave more frequently. It wouldn't be that hard for them to implement. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's some of the charm of it being an older game. I have to go and manually save. It's annoying, but there's a little bit of charm there.
2: True.
0: Yeah. Uh, Another note I'll say about playing it on the next-gen console is this thing loaded almost too fast. Like, in between sections, you go to the loading scene screen, and it'd say press A, and I'd press A, and it loaded too fast. You could tell that it needed some time to autosave because you'd press A and then you'd wait another 30 seconds for it to autosave even <laughs> though it was already, already loaded
2: yeah interesting. And then
0: another point I wanted to bring up what did you guys think about the level structure it was very clear area, next level area, next level what did you guys think about that setup, Paul? Mm-hmm.
1: I liked it I always, like, the arrow, you always know where to go. There's always groups of enemies. Um, I thought they were... variety of enemies was good, and the placement. Like, I never felt overwhelmed by the number of enemies attacking me. And using the environment was cool to fight them, too. Like, you talked about the security plasmid. So they just give you lots of tools to make it through these fights. Dug it. Yeah.
2: Don, did you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I mean... For me, I never got lost. And a game that looks like this, if it is, if the, if the map is too big or the area is too big or like a game, especially like this, where it's like dark in a lot of sections, I feel like it would be easy to get lost. And I, I liked the structure just because, yeah, you, you always had the arrow for the most part. Sections weren't too big and you, I don't like getting lost and never did in this game, which is good for me. Yeah, I agree. It takes some fun out of it when you just have to figure out where to go. Have I been here? Have I been to the section before? You know, right? like that kind of thing. Well, so
0: there's something fun. Do you guys have any more notes you want to bring out about the main game? No, I don't.
1: Oh, I was just going to give my opinion on where this ranks in the Bioshock series for me. Yeah. I like it better than Infinite, but 1 is still my favorite. I think that 2 improves on the gameplay of the original game in every way. The guns just feel better to shoot. The different ammo types are cool. Plasma stuff is good. I just, I felt like the story of 1, maybe it's the nostalgia too, because I played 1 years ago and I never played 2 until now, but that twist, would you kindly... I did like all of the references and the audio logs to the first game in this one. I thought it was like a nice deep dive into the Bioshock world.
0: That is a good factor to bring into it because I'm still saying that Bioshock 2 is the best in the series, but obviously my vision is clouded by being a stupid kid playing through the first one <laughs> and, and just like getting lost and you know not being as as smart as I am now, just yeah, the twist in one is good, and I always bring up that there's a specific tone to Bioshock that's like, ah, do you get it? This is where society's going, and it's like, and I I do think that that can be exhausting at times, and that's why I like that this Bioshock Two seemed to be a more down to earth take, but that. That perception could be clouded by over a decade of memory loss.
1: Bioshock is kind of shitty in general because Andrew Ryan is like this ultra free market guy who hates the government. Like he calls governments and bureaucracies parasites and he created Rapture to get away from all of that. And there's only one law in Rapture that you can't reveal Rapture to the surface. And then it, it all goes to hell. Yeah. So I wonder, like,
0: It's very much a political satire, and I think at some points that's a major strength of the series, but at other points it's a detriment because it takes itself so seriously that it crumbles underneath it at some points.
1: Yeah, maybe that's by design.
0: Yeah, true. So since Paul and I both played on Xbox, they had these fun little trackers. So this is taking into account all of Minerva's Den, too. But I spent a total of one day and nine minutes in the game. So 24 hours, nine minutes. Paul spent 14 hours and 18 minutes for the whole thing. I looked after we both beat the main game, and Paul had spent 10 hours, and I had spent 18 hours. (laughs) And so I don't know how much of that was me, like, pausing it and going away and doing whatever. But I certainly tried to be thorough in it. I had 166 perfect hacks. Paul had 120.
2: Paul has all that. Interesting. I had
0: 1,840 Adam gathered. Paul had 2,080 I had 160 special ammo kills, and Paul had 220. So it's kind of interesting how he has higher numbers than me in some, even though I spent a lot more time in the game than he did.
1: Yeah. doing everything with bees. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's true. <laughs> so, anyway, I just think it's cool when, when we play on Xbox and they have these metrics you can compare yourself to your friends.
2: Yeah, all I have is play time. I have How 19 much?
0: hours total. Oh, so we have a good cross-section. Um, yep.
2: Paul know... even, like
0: flew through it,
2: man. Yeah, Paul flew. I know for yeah, for Yesterday. the main story, I was at like 13 and a half hours. And I don't think Minerva's Den took me six and a half. I'm pretty sure... Well, I mean, I know for a fact it didn't because you guys were like yesterday you're like can you play through Minerva's Den and like three hours later I had it done so I think I must have sat on like the on, like with it paused oh I did I played through like the first half of Minerva's Den I paused it I watched some shows and then I came back to
1: it I got like That's two what hours happened. of uh, protector trials in that playtime too <laughs> really? oh you tried those? yeah I played the like the first couple uh, locations how was that? Eh, pretty boring. Huh.
0: What it's do you just, do? Just protect a uh, sister?
1: It's all the stuff that you skipped, John. Yeah. The little sisters just gather Adam and it's just <laughs> the hard mode. Gotcha. <laughs> you it's pretty easy, you figure out. I mean I didn't do any of like the high level ones, but I think those couldn't be that much harder.
0: Well, cool. That I that concludes our spoiler mode backlog club. Giants of (laughs) Backlub cast for the Bioshock 2 main game. Do you guys want to roll on to the Minerva's Den?
1: Yeah. I'd love that.
2: We can roll through Minerva's Den.
0: Okay, so what is everybody's hot take on Minerva's
1: Den? Um, The Lancer Big Daddies and the Ion Laser Weapon aren't that cool. Yeah
2: minerva's den doesn't need to exist but it is fun i uh i listened to a lot of podcasts
0: (laughs) and on one of them uh, years ago they ranted and raved about how minerva's den was the best part of all of bioshock and after playing through it i'm not sure i agree but my hot take on this is you know it's a Bioshock game. So I'm going into it thinking, okay, this is going to be very heavy handed political. Okay. Also, there's going to be a big twist. So the big twist at the end that you're supposed to be like, Oh my God, I just kind of was completely telegraphed. (laughs) I just kind of smirked. It was like, huh? Okay. (laughs) And, and ended it. So it took away of it. And I understand that, That's my own preconception going into it, taking away from it. But, yeah, that's my hot take. So, the story begins, and you're a a different Big Daddy. You're Sigma.
1: Subject Sigma.
0: Subject Sigma. And you're being guided into this place called Minerva's Den by the voice of C.M. Porter. And, essentially, he was a scientist who is working on artificial intelligence and he wants you to get the blueprints of the thinker, their artificial intelligence, and make it to the surface with them so that the thinker artificial intelligence can be brought to the surface. So essentially it's more of the same base game. That's what disappointed me. Um, you go in, and it's just new, a new area. There's three little sisters you have to save or harvest again, and your main antagonist is this wall guy who was a a coworker of the porter guy you're trying to help out, and he's trying to stop you. So he's got a seemingly unending amount of scientists splicers that are trying to thwart your attempts of making it to the thinker so at the beginning of this game of this dlc what did you guys think
2: at the very beginning i was extremely unimpressed i and i think it was like if i was playing it a year after i'd played bioshock 2 maybe i would have enjoyed it like immediately but when I first started playing it I was like I just played through this game I don't want to jump back into it you know
1: I I liked it because like, the coolest thing we've been talking about is like the environment the world of Bioshock and it's just more of that so it's nice to play as a new character and What about Um, stuff that you didn't learn about in the first two games
0: I will say that that if the main game is a master's class on environmental storytelling like this is one step up from there they really I could tell since it was a more smaller condensed package they really gave every environment you know they went through every detail to make it a realized area
2: Mm mm-hmm What were you going to say, (laughs) John? I'm just saying for me, it felt unneeded. It felt like we had already played through Bioshock 2, and this was another area of Bioshock 2, but if it doesn't relate to the game we just played, it's just something they made up. Yeah. But, I mean, for me, I had, you know, we did just play through the full main game, and i guess i just wasn't in the mood to play it again <laughs> <laughs>
0: right there's something to be said about wrapping up a game seeing end credits and putting it behind you i guess to jump back in right away this is something that may have benefited from a, a longer time gap in between
1: yeah that kind of gets into my uh, i don't know if it's even really a hot take, but just the stuff they added gameplay wise wasn't uh anything special even like the, the weapons, the enemies, the Lancer Big Daddies, and the, the plasmids, the Gravity Well, like, not really it, anything that you missed in the uh, main game.
0: I will say I really love the Gravity Well because <laughs> I, I had just, uh, here's an example. I, I had just freed three little sisters, and so. It, the the big sister starts making her bird noises or whatever and i know she's coming <laughs> so i just park myself underneath the security camera i it's like in a hallway so i set up a bunch of uh spear traps and i set up a bunch of rivet traps and i have two uh bots with me and all the corpses in the area have beehives in them, right? <laughs> and so she like comes into the room, but doesn't come in front of the in front of the security camera. So I throw a gravity well on the ground, and it sucks her in with all the traps, and it just about one shots her. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, so I don't know that kind of and. They do this in System Shock and even Prey. This these kinda where games, uh immersive sim games are called, where they give you a bunch of tools that interact with each other and the environment in special ways and say, Go for it, and it's to you to see like how I can use these to interact. I uh, I thought that part the gravity well and using plasmids for something other than combat was an interesting
1: addition. I use the gravity well just like I used the decoy, but I don't think I ever used it with traps.
2: Yeah. I never so used the gravity well. It's funny
0: to yeah, see her go flying through three spear electric traps. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so so back to the story. Um, you get at some point you get the reveal of. C.M. Porter is trying to turn this artificial intelligence into his late wife. And, and I thought specifically the audio log where he describes what happened in World War II where they were bombed and, and all that was left of her was ashes. That, that kind of hit me. I, I thought his, he performed it really well the voice actor and you know that 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 got me in the feels a little bit
1: yeah did you see the picture of her tombstone you're talking at the end of the game or in his room yeah near the end of his Mm -hmm. office so I saw on her tombstone it was like 1917 to uh, 1940 yeah she was only 23 Yeah, so our boy, but Winston Churchill had, like, written him, like, a note of condolence. So I figured our boy, uh, Charles Milton, must have robbed the cradle. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I had that in my notes. (laughs) Not really plot related. (laughs) (laughs) I, I didn't realize
2: that detail. Good point, Paul. (laughs) I noticed her age, but I just assumed she died a long time ago. Did it say what
1: Um, year Minerva's Den takes place?
2: No.
0: At least I didn't see it.
2: I didn't catch it either, if it did.
0: I did notice in Minerva's Den, the spear gun felt a thousand times better. I don't know what they tweaked. If it they, was reload time, or... it was
2: the reload. Yeah, yeah they changed it. The... It became an actual usable weapon. I used it in Minerva's then. I didn't use it. It still was the worst gun, but it was usable.
1: Yeah. I, so I, I, I like that
0: change. Um. So, so anyway, they're they're trying to convince you that this this Porter guy is actually just trying to reunite with his wife through an artificial intelligence that he make and then you go through the audio logs, which I thought were all very well voiced. Um, and you find out uh, that he was in fact trying to do that and that he succeeded and then tried to get the thinker to stop because it was he changed his mind or it wasn't what he expected. And and that's where you kind of leave off with CM Porter. But the big twist, you know, shocking that there would be a big twist in the um, a Bioshock game. Would thought that you are indeed CM Porter as a Big Daddy. Um, you you uh, got turned into a Big Daddy and. The voices you've been hearing that you thought were CM Porter yourself were actually the thinker mimicking your voice and feeding you the instructions to try to have some self-preservation.
2: What did you guys think of the twist? So for me, I felt really dumb after it happened because they... They kind of feed it to you that CM Porter got turned into a big daddy a long time ago and that the the audio logs are probably not not him. They kind of feed it to you like like a section before the big twist reveal. But the big twist reveal happens and I'm like, wait, I I. I think I knew that CM Porter was turned into a big daddy, but I didn't realize that the big daddy I'm currently playing was CM Porter. Why did I not think of that? So it made me feel dumb. <laughs>
0: oh, what are your thoughts on the twist?
1: Uh, I thought it was, it was cool. You listen to that audio log uh, near the end of the game where he says that Ryan's secret police are coming for him and tasks the thinker with its last problem finding a way to escape rapture yep. and it's it's pretty pretty neat i thought
0: Set it up well i think it was executed well but at, at, at that point i was like here it comes yeah <laughs> you know it
1: was coming <laughs> for sure and you knew
0: something. Um, so so
1: i kind of liked it actually better than like the main game like uh, the whole time i was wondering like okay who is subject delta you mean sigma no in the main game like i was wondering like oh who is subject oh. delta but and then i guess he's just like a deep sea diver who was captured and turned into a big daddy
2: yeah what's your name johnny yeah Johnny surface side or Sermon. johnny topside that's a yeah. So, the only, the only person to ever find rapture on their own.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of cool. Like, oh, I know who I'm playing as. I know who subject Sigma is. He's Charles Milton Porter. Yeah, that's a fair point.
0: So, what would you guys think of the the climatic battle? Then it was good, but easy again. Yeah, the, the Lancer Big Daddies I thought were easier than the base game
2: mm-hmm. Big Daddies. The most daddies. advanced
0: Big Daddies ever made.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: It's cause yeah. And their point. flash attack, all you had to do is look away.
2: Yep.
0: I didn't even realize they had a flash attack. I would just <laughs> be them and then they would <laughs> try to fight off the bees and <laughs> and then they'd go down. So I'm assuming, Paul, did you save all the little sisters?
1: I did, yeah.
0: And, John, did you harvest them?
2: Nope. I saved them. Really? I changed up my playstyle completely in Minerva's Den. Like I was saying in uh, the main game, I, I mained the rivet gun with uh, incinerate as my main like, damage, and then in Minerva's Den, I mained the shotgun with Electra Bolt, and I saved all the little sisters. So I guess
0: we won't know if there's a separate ending, um, but did you interact
2: with them all, or did you leave some? I left some. I only saved, like, there were four, right? I think I saved three. There were six, I thought. No, oh, maybe I saved four out of the six. I did. I definitely did not save them all. What about you, Paul? Did you
1: I, do them I, all? Yeah, I did them all, and I saved them all.
0: I did them all too, but it was. It felt more like a chore than something I actually needed or wanted to do. Yeah,
1: it was. It was. If you guys thought that doing it in the main game was unnecessary, I think it was even more unnecessary and. Minerva's done.
0: What I really Mm -hmm. needed was the level 3 insect power, and then I was (laughs) rolling again. So the end of the game, right, the climatic battle, you fight a lot of Lancer Big Daddies, and you escape with Tenenbaum, right, which that's a cool uh, crossover from the main story to Mm -hmm. this one. And she turns you into not a big daddy anymore. You make it to the surface. You visit your wife's grave. You apologize for trying to recreate her. And it seems like CM Porter or uh, Subject Sigma just moves on with his life.
1: Goes on to do good.
0: You know, I wonder, and it's been a long time since I played Infinite, but I wonder if there's any reference to him. In the next game, in an audio log or something. But Uh, (laughs) I guess, huh. Some of the notes I had on Minerva's Den, for some reason, and again I'm playing on next gen console, there was crazy popping in Minerva's Den that wasn't in the main game. I'd walk up to something and the textures wouldn't be loaded till like 30 seconds later and then pop.
1: Yeah, that happened oh. to
0: me too. And that that w- didn't happen on PC. It seems strange to me that that would happen in the DLC and not the main game, and especially on you know super hardware. But. Hmm. And I got really annoyed at the beginning of this one because it told us the result of every hack, again. Oh, dude! It stuck yeah, around for
2: way too long. It was basically the whole time. Like, every single time you hack something, it's a successful hack. You had to close out the message. This means the door opened. It's like, yeah, I got it. I played the game. <laughs> I guess,
0: I, I mean, to, to play Devil's Advocate and uh, vouch for the developers, you could start up Bioshock 2, not play the main game, and just jump right into Minerva's Den, play the four hours, and, and that'll be your whole experiment experience and i think it it can hold up as a standalone thing and maybe it it would be even if we would have played minerva's den first i wonder how our perceptions would have changed of the main game
2: yeah that's fair that's an interesting but thought. even with that it's called the hack tool you don't need a message to come up after you do it success- successfully that says you hacked this it's like I know, I used the hack tool. I know I hacked it.
0: Yeah. Uh. <laughs> and the the um, something I really liked that they did in Minerva's Den is you could just buy auto hack darts yeah. as many as you want. So every time I'd max out on that and just shoot everything, <laughs> hack it instantly, and not have to use do the mini game. Which I do think the minigame for hacking in Bioshock 2 was way better than in Bioshock 1. In Bioshock 1, John, it was so dumb. There there was, like, pipes you had to put in to connect
1: one side
0: of the circuit to the other side of the circuit. And you had, like, pipes you could put. And... Meanwhile, there was a bar that was going through the pipes and if it made it to the end before you put in a pipe to carry on the circuit, you would lose. And that took, like, minutes at a time to do. (laughs) And so this was an upgrade to that, for sure. But there's a point when you just don't want to hack stuff anymore. Right. Uh, The other main note I had about when I was done is that the spider splicers in minerva's den for some reason they got a new voice actor and it sounded so stupid to hear them they sounded so dumb like i was chuckling because they all had the same voice and it was high pitched and they're like (laughs) jumping down and it really like uh shocked me pulled me out of it because I was so used to the other spider splicers from the main game
1: <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't notice that I
2: am trying to think right now I, I don't even remember voices from the people <laughs> from the splicers I remember
1: all of their voices because there's only four or five I
2: don't remember them talking at
1: all all of the brute splicers had the same voice
2: Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah, I remember the roots the brute splicers. All right, so they probably did talk. I'm like trying to think. Did PC version have splicer voices? I think it did.
1: It did. I can confirm.
0: <laughs> did you guys have any further notes about maneuvers done?
2: Uh, for the only included extra, like new weapon, the ion laser is weak and dumb except for the blast mode the blast mode like like you would think an ion laser had where you hold it down then you charge it up and then you shoot that was fun i enjoyed that but also it took like 50 ammo at a time so it like you could only do it like 5 times before you're out of ammo I and, it, did no and it, it limited you to only 200 of that ammo so
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> like four times i guess yeah you use it and then you're like, okay, I
2: guess I'm done using that gun for a long time. So, right, and like that was the setting, that was the ammo type, that was actually fun to use on it. Yeah.
1: I thought I was underwhelmed by the damage that the, the blast mode did. Yeah. I
2: thought the fire
0: mode was pretty pointless, because you have a plasmid that does that, so... Yeah. I thought so all in all... You get, what you got? What was your closing thoughts on *Minerva's Den* as a DLC or a standalone *BioShock* experience?
2: Um, like I said at the beginning, when I was playing *Minerva's Den*, I was I. It felt uh, unneeded. Um, by the end, I enjoyed it. I thought it was. I thought it was actually a fun DLC. Um, but I mean, like we said. A little more time between playing through the main game and playing through the, the DLC could have uh, could have probably increased my view on it.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: I liked it. It was a good DLC. More of uh, the Bioshock world. Interesting story. Nothing really new introduced, but solid for ten bucks.
2: Yeah,
0: for sure. So, for for the whole Bioshock 2 well, I guess first I should say, at this point in the podcast, we would typically take some community emails and questions and talk about them now, since this being our first episode and not setting that up yet. Uh, we'll have one in future episodes. But as a closing, guys, what what would you rate the entire Bioshock 2 game as?
1: I would rate it a 9 out of 10.
2: I'd probably give it... It's tough seeing how we're just starting this, and I'm not super accustomed to putting number ratings on stuff, but I think I'd give it an 8 out of 10.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm with John here. I I think it's a solid game. I I enjoyed my time with it. Some of the bugs and and systems are inexcusable. So I too would give it a, a eight out of ten.
1: You think it's better than Bioshock One? Yes. Oh, Bioshock One is a ten out of ten for me. <laughs> One of my favorite games ever. So,
0: well, the the beautiful thing about this Giants of Backlog game club is we could play Bioshock One in the future uh, if we decided to, or if the com- community wanted it. So,
1: going back to Bioshock One would be tough after playing two, because I think two feels so much better to play. Did they remaster Bioshock 1? They did, but it's just like a graphical remaster. Gotcha. I should throw it on
2: my uh, wish list just so that when it goes on sale, I can snag it. So in closing, anything you guys want to say?
1: Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. I hope (laughs) you enjoyed hanging out with us and let us know... What you think, you can email us at